Death Before Booze may discuss controversial or sensitive topics and is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Jeff Before Booze. Thanks for coming back. I'm Sam. I'm Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi. Sam, what's going on? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) You know, I'm just kind of sitting here. It's a nice Tuesday. Not the same Tuesday that we, like, released because that would really suck for Jen who has to edit all this craziness. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. I like editing. But sometimes I it is my fault. So for those of you who have said, hey, sometimes the, the cuts are a little harsh. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I'm getting better. I promise. It's a new program. I think for our first episode, everything was so crazy harsh because our volumes were off. And, you know, sometimes microphones cut if it gets too loud. Yes. Like, that's what I honestly think was happening. We just didn't have our mix. So, Sam, what is the topic for this week? Today's topic is uh, high school hell. (laughs) Great. What did you do? Are you team death, team booze? What are we doing? I'm team death this week. I'm team booze. Oh, nice. Awesome. I know. I found a haunted high school. Ooh, I'm intrigued. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, it's really funny because I have a cousin who ended up in El Paso he was in the army, so him and his family, you know, that's where they, he's out now, he's retired, but they live in El Paso, and both of his kids have gone to El Paso High School. So oh. I actually texted his wife and was trying to ask questions, but she's like crazy busy, so I really haven't gotten to talk to her about it, because I was like, I was like, oh my God, did, you know, did your kids ever see this, or did this happen? But I never actually that's got cool. to connect with her before we recorded. But if I do, there will definitely be an update. So, yay. Okay. But yeah, so in case you haven't figured it out, I'm covering El Paso High School in El Paso, Texas. Awesome. Did you even know this was like haunted? No, I did not. All right. So, El Paso High School is the oldest operating high school in El Paso, Texas, and it's part of the El Paso Independent School District. Uh, It was established in 1916, so it's really fucking old. It cost $500,000 to build at the time. I didn't time converter that. If you want to, you can, but I didn't. It it takes up to nine and a half acres of land. It's a big fucking high school. They they house grades 9 through 12. There's over 1,400 students. Their mascot is a tiger named Tiberius. The colors are orange and black. Um, It's nicknamed the Lady on the Hill, and it sits at the base of the Franklin Mountains. Their newspaper name is called The Tattler. Yeah, I kind of had to boost this up a little bit. Uh, Their yearbook is The Spur. On November 17th in 1980, El Paso High School officially became a historic landmark with the National Register of Historic Places. Ooh and ah. Several scenes from the 2006 film Glory Road were filmed on campus. And, okay, here we go. So there is a 
one of the teachers there, a math instructor named Tobias Tovar. We'll call him Toby. Yes, I know him. I don't Toby. really know him. Toby. <laughs> Where's that from? Is that from like the Fox and the Hound? Oh, no, no, wait, his name is Todd. Todd. What's Toby from? I don't know. I just. <laughs> Todd. I'm Todd. Oh, my God. All I think of is Toby from The Office. <laughs> um. So Toby says, since the day of its construction, paranormal events have taken place at the school. Huh. Ooh. Okay. So my first point here is that the vast basement has been used as an overflow morgue during several of our nation's wars. During World War II, there were so many casualties shipped here that the bodies had to be stored in the basement until the next of kin could be notified. During the Spanish flu epidemic in the early part of the 1900s, so many died that the bodies were also stored in the basement of the high school. Oh, no. While school was still going on. So that's just our right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, they just kind of put him in the basement and said, hey, uh, don't go down there. Don't go down there. Oh, my God. I don't like it. Yeah, stay out. It's cool. Yeah, don't go down there. Yeah. So there's that. Then about 15 years ago, which I'm not quite sure when the article that I read this was because this is an exact quote. About 15 years ago, it snowed in El Paso, which for them is like a big deal. A big deal. Yeah. Um, It snowed to the point that the schools were closed, but a few teachers and students had already arrived before the announcement was made that the school was closed. So these teachers and students weren't able to leave the building because it was snowing and they had to get like the shit in the roads all figured out. Mm -hmm. Um, So considering they had nothing else better to do, they decided to just explore the school. So they started with the tunnels in the basement because what high school isn't complete without basement tunnels. At one point, several of the teachers crawled through a small opening, eventually coming to a brick wall that blocked the tunnel. Why? The bricks were old and the cement between them was crumbling. But it was clear that these bricks had been added long after the surrounding brickwork. Curious, one of the teachers pushed on the newer bricks until some gave way, revealing a dark cavity. Pushing a flashlight through the hole, they discovered a sealed off classroom. The discovery surprised everyone as no one had ever heard of a whisper that there might be sealed off classrooms in the building. The room was small and contained antique desks of the type seen in the television show Little House on the Prairie. There was no doubt that the classroom dated from the original construction of the building. So it's 1916. Mm -hmm. The classroom was still set up with the desks in place. Texts and student notebooks were still placed and waiting for students on the desk. There were also Baby Ruth candy bar wrappers on the floor from a time the product. Oh, from that time, the product was sold for five cents, as well as numerous five cent Coke bottles. (laughs) In one of the student notebooks lying on a desk, they found in in addition to algebra notes and completed problems a very racy love letter from the owner of the book to a boy there was a second sealed off classroom nearby also ready to receive students now filled with only dust and silence try as they might they were never able to discover why two classrooms would be sealed off so fast that they would not be cleaned of debris desks nor text nor the students be given time to claim their personal articles yeah especially the love letter like hello yeah, I don't think I'd love that to just 
stay Sit around. Yeah. I wonder what was considered racy in 1916. Like, <laughs> oh, I'll show you my ankle. I like was thinking the ankle. <laughs> yeah. Here's my wrist. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I only have seven layers instead of 12 on. Chew on that, Josiah. Like, whatever the fuck we named him. Like, <laughs> Okay. And, okay, we're going to move to the auditorium. So the school's auditorium is known as one of the haunted areas as pep rallies have been heard in the dead of night when no one is around. So, okay, so one night when all the lights were off, Mr. Rodriguez, who was a theater teacher, came in looking... For something he left there earlier in the day. And while he was walking towards the stage, he felt like somebody was like watching him. So there were like goosebumps on his neck and he's freaking out. So he turns around and he sees a shadow figure sitting in the chairs. And, you know, he tried to get his phone out and take a picture. But by the time he took the picture, the um, it was gone. Yeah, he like blinked. Yeah, and it was gone. I, I don't I really hate that. I really I don't like it. that. I hate it. Another time, the principal of El Paso High School, Mark Paz. Now, I don't know if he's like the principal now, but like at some point when he was principal, um, him and Miss Serna, who was the student activities manager, they were on the stage and they looked into the into the seats and they also saw a shadow figure just kind of sitting in a chair watching. And this shadow figure got up from its seat, walked out into the aisle and started walking up, but there was no legs for it to walk. So it was just kind of like moving up the aisle. Nope. I don't like it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't like that. Don't. Not even a lot. Not even a little bit. Maybe they just um, didn't like okay. the show. Maybe they were like, no, <laughs> bye. <laughs> How many times can this fucking school do grease? I don't want you to tell me more. Stop telling me more, Danny Zuko. I don't give a shit. That's all I'm here. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't want to know. <laughs> He's like, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. So in the late 70s, early 80s, they're not 100% sure when this one happened. Danny McKillop, who was a former All-American and the track coach for El Paso High, um, they came back from a meet and it was super, super late. And the students came into the building to drop off, like, their track shit. And they were coming to pick up, like, all the stuff that they had left in their lockers. And as they were, like, getting all their stuff together and they're getting ready to leave, they started to hear, like, the Tiger fight song. And they're like, oh, my God, there's a surprise pep rally for us. We came back. We did good. You know, they have a surprise pep rally for us in the auditorium. So he's like, goes into the auditorium, super excited, opens the doors, and there's no one there. And all the noise stopped. All the cheering, all the stomping, all the That's like so bands, the fight song, everything just dead quiet. And he's like, what the fuck? That's so so and he's like, how did we all hear this and it not be here? So he, he turned around and he goes back down to the locker room and there were still some like straggling students. And they're like, well, what what was that? And he's like, I don't know. And no sooner did he be like, you know, I don't know what just happened. It started again. I... I... I don't, I, I don't, how do you, I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, everything started again. He goes, like, he goes back up there with the kids, but now you're hearing cheerleaders, like, you know, cheering and it's getting louder. Like as they're getting to the door, it's getting louder. They go and they open the door and everything stops. So him and the students all heard this the second time in one night, walk up, open the doors, dead quiet, completely dark, 
nothing going on. They all kind of like looked at each other. Nobody spoke, turned around, went back down to the locker room, locked everything up and just left. And they're like, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. It's not even like there was like a tape recorder or anything. It just it just was nothing. Nope. Like it's not like someone was just kind of the fucking second with them. It's like the door kind of opened. All of it stopped. So like even if there was somebody so in there, weird. figure it's like the middle of the night. They had just gotten back from like a super late meet. Right. And somebody's not just hanging around. Like I was a theater kid in high school. Like none of us were just going to sit there in the auditorium waiting for the and, track and play kids a joke. to come back to fuck with them. Yeah. Like, Okay, uh, the R.R. Jones Stadium, so their football stadium there, was built in 1916, seating for 12,000. It became the first major concrete stadium built in the country. It's also considered the birthplace of uh, Texas Friday Night Lights. Like, this is where the whole concept of every Friday night you were doing this, you know, that all came from Texas. And it really started in 1928. So the Jones Stadium also happens to have paranormal activity, including ghostly football players on the field to shadow people sitting in the stands, running up and down the seats and the bleachers and all that. And also, this is another spot where you can hear cheerleaders and like the sounds of a pep rally or a big game happening at night when nobody's there. So like on the wind, you can hear like the game going on, but it's like a Tuesday night. Um, and people are like, what the fuck is that? I, no, I don't like it. <laughs> I just I don't. Like don't. It <laughs> it's not. That's not what I want to do. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so now let's get into just like those are really high level and it doesn't even feel like it. Like those are like just some stories, high level stuff. Over the years, people have reported slamming doors Sounds of um, spectral pep rallies and games going on in the gym, the auditorium, and in the stadium. Um, There is a girl in a blue dress. So Angelo Placuda, who was the journalism teacher at El Paso High, um, he they were after school. It was later at night. They were getting ready to finish the yearbook. And he walked into the hallway one night after he had sent like his last few students home and he was like you know just checking up the last couple things to like make sure the building was shut down and he could leave without you know getting in trouble the next day and according to Placuda he turned down toward the exit and standing in the light from like the red light from the exit sign there was a young woman in a blue chiffon dress, kind of like what would have been worn to a school prom in the 40s or 50s. Oh, no. He thought it was one of his actual students. So he's like, yo, what are you doing here? It's time to go home. I sent everybody home. The girl turned and looked directly at him. Her expression, one of deep sadness. As he walked toward her, she began to become transparent and he noticed she was not standing on the floor but rather hovering in midair about a foot off of the floor. When he was only a few feet away from her, she glided back into the deeper darkness of the hallway and disappeared. Oh my God. Do they know who she is? No. There's like no, that's the only story of her, but she's. That's freaking. You know what I'm thinking? Do you remember when we were kids and we watched Are You Afraid of the Dark? And there was the story of the girl who was on the side of the road waiting for her prom date, but she got hit by a car 
And, you know, if you could pick her up in the car and then they helped her and then they were going in the 1950s and you heard the music as she was going through the cemetery and they were and she's like, you helped me. Thank you for helping me find my date. So like that's that's the vibe I'm getting. I'm like, oh, my God, I was waiting for like, you know, a Thunderbird to come rolling down the hallway next to him. Ugh. Yeah, it kind of seems like it was more of a sad type of thing where she's like wants to ask him something and and but still i'd be like hell but i would never ever go into that auditorium again i'd be like no you can't well, this was just in the hallway <laughs> this wasn't even in the auditorium this was just no. in a hallway and you know what it's one of those things like up until the point where it was like she turned and looked at him i was like this is just a residual something like right i'd be okay with that like i don't love it but i'd be okay with it but the fact that it made eye contact with him and like Yes. Acknowledge when There's something it was there. spoken to. There was something intelligent there, which kind of freaked Mm-mm. me out. Mm-mm. Nope. Miss Jessica Silva, the school librarian, as she's walking through the library, hits a lot of cold spots, gets chills, goose pimples. So she actually went to El Paso High School. So she had a friend who was roaming the fourth floor. And while, you know, going to the bathroom, all of a sudden she heard water running. So she left the stall, like she finished or whatever. She wiped, she did her thing. She walked out and all the sinks were on. She was the only one in the bathroom. Uh She left. She just left the water running. So I don't know. I would would, too. They like. I would too. Done. Dude. Yeah. I wouldn't even wash my hands. I'd be like, I'll Purell that shit later. Bye. No, thank you. Okay. Another story. Two students at El Paso High School were in the gym locker rooms during a football game and everything seemed normal. Nothing's going on. Two sophomores, Meg Eisner and Mia Fierro Vega. And they thought like somebody was watching them, but they weren't like 100% sure that they were the only ones there. Because, you know, like the football game is going on outside. You're in the school in the locker room. There are trainers. There are, you know, other football players still running in and out, needing stuff for whatever. Like it's it's possible. So they were, like, petrified. They ran out of the locker room, and they were like, dude, I was really freaked out. I didn't want to stay any longer. They were afraid that the it clown was going to pull them through the showers. <laughs> like, they were making this big thing. Um, Once they got under the bright lights, everything felt normal, but, like, their thoughts kept racing. And when they tried to tell people, nobody believed them. And they were, like, really pissed off. And it's like, we know what we saw, but you're just saying, like, you felt something. So, like, what did you really right. say? true like i mean don't get me wrong i've had that feeling where you're like oh shit somebody's like definitely here with me but yeah yeah but still it's it's uneasy i get it yeah okay let's go back to toby so he started working um at el paso in the early 80s um, and he was also the eighth grade basketball coach so the eighth grade team that year was undefeated and they were scheduled to play the other undefeated team in the, in the city. So they had um, practice at the high school gym between five and seven. So they're getting ready for this game. They're all ready for it. And it's getting a little bit late, closer to 7 p.m. And they start or they're doing whatever drill and all of a sudden the two doors, like the access doors that led to the tunnels downstairs where those two classrooms were fly open like whoosh and they're open so the two doors that were down to the tunnels flew open violently slamming back against the wall on either side like a huge fucking noise as they're all trying to run drills and get ready so everybody's like what the fuck was that 
what the fuck? You know, bad vibes. We got to go. They were like, is it windy outside? Is this some freak yeah. draft from the basement? How does this happen? Like, what goes... Like, the doors were latched shut. Like, they're... I'm picturing, like, those big, like, fire metal doors that you have in high yeah. school with, like, you know, the bar where you push it and you can, like, really... Like, that's what I'm picturing. Yes. And they just, usually like, Usually those are the ones whoosh. near the gymnasiums. Like, that's usually yeah. the doors you get. Oh, no. I don't yeah. Like mm. So the doors shut themselves again. And the kids are like, that was fucking weird. But whatever. So they go back to scrimmaging. And then a few minutes later, the bench, like, you know, they sit on while they're waiting for, like, to go in and out of the game. The bench flew across the gymnasium. And the doors <sighs> weren't open. Like, the doors weren't open, so it wasn't like... Doors were not thing. open at this point. No, but they did fly open again. Like, the... the that's the next line. So, the... The bench flew this way and hit, made a huge noise, and then the doors flew open again. Nope. At this point, it was close enough to seven that Tovar's like, yeah, we're good. We're out. We'll be fine. He, he Tovar actually said that a lot of his team were made up of gang members who didn't fear the devil himself. This happened. They decided, all right, we're done with practice. They left and shut the lights off and everybody went home. I love how he's like, they were tough shit. And they were like, no thanks. Like, uh, yeah. No. I don't, I know. No. I would, I I'd like be like, like burn it. the building down. I'm done. I'm not doing this. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> okay, so the last bit of my story is about one specific ghost. And this is also what all of my pictures on the drive are of okay. this one specific ghost. So, when you go to the website and you look at our blog for this episode, this is all this one thing. And this one, I think, has an actual story behind it. So here we go. So 35 years ago from whatever article I read, I really should get better at this whole journalism thing, but whatever. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a professional, guys. 35 years ago, a distraught teenage girl killed herself by slitting her wrists and then throwing herself from a balcony at the end of a hallway. Jesus. So this is a confirmed thing. I couldn't get the name or anything like that, right. but this is a true story. People say they have seen the image of a girl jumping from the balcony. According to the story, every single day... A mist and a fog roam an abandoned hallway. So again, like there's these like brick walls all over the school with like passageways and hallways right. and obviously classrooms behind them. So they actually bricked this part off because people kept seeing this so much. Like daily, the school was getting reports that they were getting this fog or mist that kind of hung out in the hallway. And then all of a sudden there would be gooey stuff coming from the ceiling. Burn it the fuck down. No. No, just block it with with blocks. It's fine. That, yeah. There have been enough sightings that's, that a wall was built completely closing yeah. off the stairwell leading up to this haunted hallway. That That's totally fine because that's going to stop anything. Yeah, ghosts like, can't go through walls. Ghosts can't it's go cool. Walls. They don't they don't live on their own time. It's cool. Um the most famous photograph of this mysterious girl in white which was first dubbed the ghost girl, 
sits in a trophy case inside the original front entrance to the historic high school. Huh. So the 1985 graduating class, they took a picture of them and they have them like all on the bleachers and they're all standing, right. like, you know, a class picture. Right. So over to the one side where the teachers are standing, there's a shadow and you can go on like, please. Oh, my God. Go to our website. Look at this picture. It's, you know, a 1985 picture. And right by the teachers, you see this white shadow. It's like a white outline of a girl. And you can kind of make out a face. You can definitely make out shoulders and a body. She's in a white dress. She almost looks like the ring chick. Like, you know, where her hair's like, like that. Um, but I'm sorry. So she's in this. And the original picture is in the trophy case. The figure in the picture is at the end of the row, primarily of teachers. This mysterious girl was not part of that particular graduating class. And no one in the class was who was in the photograph admitted to knowing the identity of the girl. Regardless of how she got in the picture, she is clearly in the photograph and she's smiling. You can like see a smile. She looks smaller and younger than the teachers and the students. And the dress she's wearing kind of looks like it's from like the 40s era. But, I don't like it. I still don't like yeah, it. Yeah, no. Her image only appeared after the photos were developed. It's not on the original negative, and to this day, no one can say who she is. So a lot of people connect it with this story of the girl who slit her wrist and threw right. herself off the balcony. Um, but, I mean, she didn't graduate, latest... right? So like, it maybe would be her graduating. Well, they don't know. Like... Oh, maybe she's just trying to relive. Yeah, her you know, she's trying to be like, I never graduated because you know she, you know. I don't know. Maybe I like not. this class. You guys are cool. Yeah, you guys are cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with you guys. The latest spine-chilling image of what might be the ghost girl or the girl in white of El Paso High School was inadvertently taken by Perla Bustillo and her boyfriend, Miguel Angel Orozco, during a walk around the outside of the campus on July 19th. Ready? 2022. That picture is also... On the drive. And there's like five or six pictures of different parts of the building. Like, it's not even like, okay, it's this specific window. Like, it's not like the Jenny Wade house in fucking Gettysburg where like, you know, on the bottom floor, nine times out of ten, you're going to get a picture of a face. Right. So it's not like they can say it's matrixing. It's, I mean, it could be matrixing. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like the same exact place. So like all of these pictures are in different windows, different parts of the building, different. So this girl's moving around the building, which gives like, makes me think it's an intelligent. Yeah. Spirit, which which also also makes me feel bad. Like you're stuck in fucking school for eternity. I know. Like that's like having to work. That's like you having to do your job every day until you're like the end of eternity. Like, I don't want to work. I don't want to be in school. Well, it also shows that, like, blocking off the stupid stairwell didn't do shit because she's still wandering around. So, like, you didn't didn't accomplish anything. See, now what I wonder, because that's something I didn't really look into and I probably should have. Does she only kind of hang out in the original parts of the building that she knew when she was alive? Or is she moving around to even, like, the updated parts? I feel like if she is moving in the updated parts, it's more maybe it could be more out of curiosity. You know, but I but that's yeah. interesting because you're right. Maybe like it's like, maybe it's just one area. Huh. Yeah, I mean, that's a theory that I've heard a couple times like ghosts don't like the reason ghosts you see them walk through walls is because that wall probably wasn't, wasn't there, there when they were alive and living in this time. That makes sense. so that's why they can go in and out of walls. So that's why I'm like, huh. I don't know. 
All right. So finally, this is my last little bit. During the COVID pandemic, nope. they man they created a mini museum near the football field that showcased, you know, artifacts and sources from the school's history. That helped me like so much with my research. Not only that, but they mentioned the tunnels beneath the school and they started to conduct ghost tours down there. Oh. Interesting. Yep. And it, there's still, it's not like it's closed. It's still a, a working school. So it's, it's still just a, a working school. Huh. But um, they started, they put together a little museum. So that way, like, you know, you know about the morgue and how the basement was okay. used as a morgue. Like, they really did, like, a historical thing of the school and the land. I mean, because we obviously know that the land was taken from Native Americans. So that's also yeah, something so that's, that, yeah. yeah, that's also something that they discuss you know, in this museum and why possibly it could be so haunted or so easily haunted. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I really hope huh. Nessa and Timmy were okay in high school and they made it out alive. Well, they did because Nessa's in college and I think Timmy's a junior or a senior now. So, but yeah, so that's the haunting of that's El cool. Paso, Texas high school. That's really cool. I like how they kind of embrace it and they're like, they're trying to teach people about it. I think that that's neat. Yeah. Um, and it's another aspect to a high school because when you walk in a high school, you're always like, meh. But like, there's a whole. Yeah, all life, you ever you know? think of is, ew, I smell children. <laughs> <laughs> you walk in and you're like, oh God, my hopes and dreams are being dashed. As or it's like, walk around this it, it depends on where, what locker area you're near because you can either get the really strong, like, axe body spray. Or the really strong, like, <laughs> cupcake smell from, like, the... <laughs> oh, my God. Love spell. Love spell. It's... Oh, oh I am There unlocked. are some days I walk out of my room and I'm like, okay, there's, like, cupcake, like, in my face. And I'm like, I don't know what happened in here, but... Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. heading to West Virginia on this one. Um, They've kind of dubbed this, or some people have, the real-life Heathers. So if you've ever seen the movie Heathers with Christian Slater, it's ridiculous. Christian Slater is, like, insane in that movie. And it's like a, it's kind of like a comedy horror. Um, if you've seen Jawbreaker, that's kind of, like, the same idea. Yeah. Have you seen I was going to say, they also had it as, I no, I haven't seen either of them, but there is a musical, or there was a Heathers musical a couple years ago on Broadway, so... All I have is that candy store. Welcome to my candy store. Like that. I like that's all that's going through my head right now. So so this is based on the story of Skylar Niece and her disappearance. So Skylar oh, no. was. Okay. Yeah. Do so they find Skylar, her? Well, we're, I guess you're going to tell me. We're going to get to that. <laughs> we're going to get to it. So, I can't. I have no patience. So Skylar was born February 10th in 1996, and she was an only child to Mary and David. She was sweet, friendly. She was smart. Um, she wanted to be a criminal justice lawyer um, after high school. Aww. And she, yeah, right. Like it was just so, so sweet. Such aspirations. Um, remember when she you were had, young and had I goals? I remember that. And then they were crushed when you become adults. So there Then goes. you turn 35 and you start a podcast because all your goals didn't come to fruition and you just need something to hang on to. Jesus God, I hope my therapist Christ. doesn't listen to this. <laughs> She's going to be like texting you like right now and be like, listen. Are now. you okay? <laughs> Are you all right? <laughs> Hi, Elizabeth. <laughs> so she also had a job 
at a Wendy's with her two best friends. So it's just a Oh my god, how much trouble could we get into? Could right. you imagine if we worked at Wendy's? I would be so fat. All I would eat was the French fries with the with the milkshake thing. What is that? The frosty. The frosty. Oh, those are so good. Those are so good. I love those. Those hit different. Yeah. So Skylar actually met uh, her best friend, um, Sheila Eddy, when they were six years old. Um, they were at like a swimming type of uh, session and they became really great friends, but they didn't live near each other. So it was really just a on the weekends. You kind of see each other. Sheila's parents were and her upbringing was a tad different than Skylar's. Her parents were divorced and both of them were trying so hard to make sure that they could make her happy. So she was the spoiled little brat and both parents just didn't really discipline her, didn't really, you know, just let her do whatever the hell she wanted. Um, she always wanted to be the center of attention. She um, would in in public scream at her mom just to get the attention. I, it's so uncomfortable. What a brat. Like, right? Such a brat. So she was different. Ew. Like Skylar has these parents that are great. They're so supportive. Um, and it, it's just so interesting that the two of them became best friends. But it was more like Skylar wanted to, you know, protect her and whatever. Um, so Sheila actually, whenever she was over, like at the house, Skylar's parents made a point to say that they, she was like their second daughter because she was there so often. They basically took over. Like she just, you know, she just fit in. So in yeah. um, 2010, their beginning of their freshman year, Sheila moved to mm -hmm. Skylar's town. Um, so they were now able to hang out all the time and start a new chapter at oh, the beginning yay. of high school yeah. together. So it was just really wonderful. But the problem kind of was for Sheila was that she didn't know everybody. So it was kind of like now she had to get to know people. She had to kind of get that center of attention back on her side. She had to get oh, yeah. friends. Okay. So, and I mean, Skylar was very bubbly and very much like everybody was friends with her. So a few weeks in, uh, Sheila actually meets Rachel and uh, Rachel and her become really great friends and they you know introduce her they she introduces her to Skylar the three of them are inseparable wonderful it worked out really okay, great so wait, wait it's Skylar and Sheila SNS were Biffles mm -hmm. and then Rachel comes in okay Rachel comes in and even though Sheila and Rachel like met first, the three of them hung out all the time, did everything together. Rachel actually was very different because she was very generous. She was from a Catholic upbringing and she lived with her mom. So she went to church every Sunday, did the whole thing. Sheila had a very dominating personality. So whenever she happened to be around no. people, yeah, but I mean, based on her. Ugh. So usually when the three of them hung out, Sheila would kind of push the envelope a little bit, get the three of them in trouble. And it was like minor things. And then it started to get a little bit more like they'd hang out with older boys. Um, they'd experiment with like drinking and stuff. Skylar was always extremely concerned about this because, again, she was a good kid. Her parents didn't really worry about her. She was always honest. They always gave her, you know, um, all of the, the trust that they could. So whenever something happened, they did discipline her. But it was kind of a... She just was like, I don't like where this is going. So Sheila was annoyed by the fact that Skylar got upset with getting in trouble. So, all right. So even Rachel's friends kind of noticed the fact that her personality would start to change when she was around Sheila. So Rachel was a different person when she was without this girl. So they even kind of said to Skylar and uh, Rachel, their friends were always like, listen, 
this girl's bad news. Like she's she's a bitch. Um, she's you know she's gonna take like she gets into trouble. You guys aren't like this. Like just I think that you she's be taking careful. you down. Yes, the two of them would always be like, no, you know that's just how she is. And of course, defensive because again you're in high school, so the whole you know they want to be yeah know, best besties. So. It turned into that slowly Rachel and Sheila started to kind of be the, the the friends and then they kind of leave Skylar on the outs because, again, they always the phrase three is a crowd. And so it turned out to be like you never have three friends. Yeah. So so Skylar was always kind of the one in the outskirts. They try to intentionally make her feel left out. So they would like wear matching outfits and specifically not tell her uh, they'd have inside jokes and deliberately make it so that she felt left out just like petty shit so like you know in high school this is a big deal but like once you're an yeah. adult you're like go fuck yourself but this was a huge deal especially as freshmen so now the beginning of their sophomore year right before august 2011 the three of them are at okay. Rachel's house. They're at a sleepover, typical, whatever. They, you know, smuggled in some vodka. Fine. This is kind my of my kind of party. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. This is kind of where it gets weird. Um, because Sheila and Rachel all of a sudden start kissing. Just, you know, gentle. Were whatever. they together? No. And this was oh, kind of so why this it was is just, just out of an alcohol yeah. makeout. Right. And that's kind of what what people will be like, OK, that's fine. All of a sudden it escalated to a point where it was like clothes were off and then it got heavy um, to the point where the like two of them are like, type heavy. Yes. So those two <gasps> of them are. Yeah. But in front of Skylar. Yes. Yes. OK. Deliberately kind of like leaving it like that, knowing that it was kind of uncomfortable because, again, like it, it, as we always as you always say, you don't want to yuck somebody else's yum. It's if, if yeah. you want to have people watch, totally fine. But if they're not OK with it, we it's not consent. OK. Always get consent. So, always. Now, Skylar being almost sophomore in high school, this to her makes her uncomfortable because she's like this. First of all, she's they've never had this experience with boys. Um, she's not really clear. I, again, they never really clarified if they were together or not. Um, so she's kind of like, I don't know where this is coming from. I don't know what this means. And I'm not really sure why they're continuing to make me feel uncomfortable because I don't want to be here. It's just very awkward. Okay. After a while, they, they started, they got into a huge blowout because Sheila started to be a little bit more aggressive. So the, the three of them got the three of them got into a huge yelling match. Rachel's mom was like, "What the hell's happening?" Um, and at, at that point, that was kind of the turning point in their friendship. Where again, oh my god! And Rachel's the Catholic, so yeah. she's making out with yes. a girl in her mom's house. Like, please, she's, again, absolutely not. Like, don't yuck anybody's no. yum. Love who you want. Like, I don't care if you're Catholic, Buddhist, Jew. Like, none right. of that shit matters to me. But I grew up in the Catholic faith, so I get it. And it's like yes. that it would, like, if her mom, like, that would have been such a smack found in the face out. if her mom walked in and found out. So, like, they really are playing why. fast and loose with a lot of shit as a freshman. Yes. And they're yeah. entering their sophomore year, but still it's that same age where you're, like, you're not quite 16 yet. So you're not, you're just kind of discovering stuff. And again, it's not it's like it's not the matter of the act itself. It's the matter of they did it in front of their friend who they knew were uncomfortable with it. And they just continued and they it just was too much. So 
Skyler and the the rest of them started kind of breaking a little bit apart. It started to get a little bit um, aggressive. So this is kind of the point where Sheila and Rachel started to do the team up on Skyler. Okay. So Skyler started to tweet weird things because when Twitter was a thing and not X, whatever the hell that is. It is um, not X. It's called X, formerly known as Twitter. You know, symbol, the artist formerly known as Prince. Like, no. It is just Twitter. I'm calling it Twitter. You're lucky I don't call it Twatter. Okay? You're welcome. It's dumb. I hate it. So Skylar started to post some things where she had said things like, I have information on people and I would tell if I knew it wouldn't get me into any trouble. Oh, the cryptic bullshit. Typical girl. Like, the entire time. I don't care that you're mad at me. I don't like you anyway. Oh, I wasn't talking about you. I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about someone else. Like, that's the entire time I'm reading her tweets and all of their reactions. I'm like, this is typical high school girl stuff. where She doesn't even go here. Yeah. So, (laughs) now, now, Rachel was getting nervous because she was like, well, if she tells, I could get into serious trouble. But Skylar never told anybody about this whole situation. Yeah. Like she never told anybody. But she always like it was constantly there. Is even though the three of them seemed to be really not okay with each other, um, they still hung out. But it seemed like it was like forced. So they hung out together, they would kind of get along and then they get into an argument and then they would like you know, go their separate ways and then come back. It's like any relationship that's on the rocks. It's very... Like, you love the idea of what it was, but it's just never going to go back to that, but you're still kind of hoping. Yes. And there were times even when Skylar's friends were like, listen, she's being cruel. Like, they're being... They're terrible people. Dump them and move on. You're so much better. Like, you're so much better of a person. You don't need their friendship. So this actually... I It was interesting because I was listening to a podcast on this case and they referenced carp uh carpman's drama triangle which i actually have up on the site okay. on, the, on our blog because i it was very interesting um it's where dysfunctional relationships where pe- the people shift between three different roles so you're either the persecutor they don't value others views the rescuer you don't value others capacity to save someone or help somebody else or you're the victim where you, you don't really value yourself and you kind of defer to other people. So whenever it's kind of that, it, it turns into there's three different people. There's three different types of shift that you go between um, and it's held together by guilt and blame. So in this case, it tends oh, so to be that, that Catholic chick was right at home. Yes. And it kind of <laughs> makes a little bit of sense, I guess, that Skylar stayed because she felt like these are my friends. I, I she kept thinking that there was some hope that there was going to be, you know, like maybe they'll stop being jerks. And, you know, because after sophomore year, there's a shift of maturity sometimes. And you, you I know. can fix them. Yeah. It started to get strange because tw- in it spring, started to. Well, it's 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 we were there bullshit. already. It's petty bullshit at this point, Matt. But anyway, Sheila liked to make Skylar uncomfortable. And one of the major topics that she would always bring up was death. In particular, Skylar's death. Like, in general. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Don't like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, Ugh. spring 2012. Ooh, I got for that one. Yeah. Spring I got 2012. Chills. 
it okay. got it was just bad it was a volatile relationship it was again abusive it was an abusive relationship verbally um they fought all the time and it really because of the fact that it was always um rachel and sheila against skylar this was fueling rumors for other kids to think well they've got to be a couple they've got to be together which again not a big deal but if you're from rachel's upbringing it could be a big deal so well, and that in 2012 yeah. it was a big deal like yeah. now we don't care but we don't give a shit right but back then in high school, if you knew a lesbian couple, it was like a big, yeah. it was a big deal. Like, yeah. And it's certain, you know, sad, but it was, it is. And so it just now Skylar didn't do anything to prompt the rumors. It was just, well, clearly, if you two are, are really harping on this one, there's always going to be someone who's like, what are you, what are you together? What are you in a relationship? And it's, you know, yeah. stupid. So fast forward to July 5th. This is just a day before Rachel was set to go to church camp because, again, church camp is a thing. And I don't know what to do on church camp. You practice Bible-y shit. Yeah, you do Jesus things. You sit around the fire and you recite random Bible verses that you can remember and they all try and one-up each other. (laughs) I like that idea. We start with John 3.16 and we go from there. I like that idea. I do. Skylar was seen leaving her apartment complex on the cameras at 1230 a.m. She got into a brown sedan. Oh, like she's sneaking out is what you're saying. Like she's like. So so she's sneaking out. She got into a brown car. Later, the, the car was identified as Sheila's. What a fucking so, idiot. Okay. So July 6th comes around. Skylar's not in her, her room. Um, okay. The parents call the police immediately. Unfortunately, the Amber Alert was not issued because the police immediately thought, classic, she ran away. She's a little runaway. So yeah. usually whenever it comes to like people um, disappearances, they'll always say, well, you know, maybe they just ran away. The fucking was like, minor. You still need to go find her. Like, it's not like she's 18 and ran off. Like, that, okay, yeah, what are you really going to do? Yeah. She's an adult. But she's, like, 15. Like, go they're fucking like, find her. They're like, well, the window is open, so she snuck out. And her dad's like, yeah, but her phone charger's here and the window's open, so that means she's going to come back in, you idiot. It's not like she just... But... Yeah. Way right. to be, Dad. Fucking tell them. So, Dad was like, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> so... So, they distributed flyers. Well, they questioned all of Skylar's friends... And just kind of, you know, these saying, two well, bitches. Yes. Wait, did these and two bitches come back? They did. They did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do they know so where she is? They have identical stories about that night. Oh so poli- boy. So the police were very they rehearsed. Don't rehearse. Suspicious about this because they're like, it's interesting because you both say the exact same thing, and there's no I, again stories can be the same. Identical. It was a little suspicious. September 10th, FBI and West Virginia police joined in on the search because it's been a couple of months. She hasn't been found. And they're still kind of like, we're going to keep an eye out on the two friends because they seem a little suspicious, but we don't have enough. So and because they're again, they're entering their junior year at this point. So villain phase. Yeah. So this is kind of where they're like, we're going to keep an eye. So when we look back at Skylar's Twitter, because we always like to go back to social media, 
May 31st, 2012, Skylar wrote, quote, you're a two-faced bitch and obviously fucking stupid if you thought I wouldn't find out, unquote. It wasn't about you. <laughs> the afternoon before she disappeared, she wrote, quote, sick of being at fucking home. Thanks, friends, quote unquote. Love hanging out with you all, too. <gasps> okay. The day before she disappears, she says, quote, you doing shit like this is why I never completely trust you. So there's a lot of drama. State Trooper Chris Berry was assigned to the case. And he, again, from the very get-go was like, I think these two girls have something to do with her disappearance. So I'm going to keep a close eye, but I, we don't have anything. Neither one of them hinted at any sadness of the disappearance. So when their friend disappeared, they offered to help with handing out flyers. But they weren't we like... We rehearsed our story, but we didn't rehearse our emotions. Yep. Yep. I'm prepared. Um, and the um, state trooper created a fake profile and he browsed through the social media links um, and he looked back at one of Sheila's tweets from November 5th. See, so she says, quote, no one on this earth can handle me and Rachel. If you think you can, you're wrong. So that okay. was enough for rumors to continue to get even deeper about their involvement in the crime and actually a couple people even flat out said to them through social media where is she you're the problem and they they are accusing her of them of killing her so the state trooper kept an eye on them because he's like eventually there's going to be a time when something's going to happen someone's going to crack and yep. it happened so december 28th was basically and what did the beginning. rachel say <laughs> So that Catholic guilt. That's what it is. It's not even like personality. It's the Catholic guilt. It's eating away at her. She went to Catholic fucking camp and came back like, oh my god, my soul is black with this lie. Like she wears the priest in the box. I have to confess. (laughs) Priest in the box. I love it. 17 Hail Marys, go. Oh my god. December 28th, Rachel's mom calls 911 and she's like, you know, my daughter's freaking out. She's screaming, she's she's hitting us, she's running through the neighborhood just randomly like kind of all over the place. I don't know what to do with oh her. Oh my gosh. So, the police come by and are like, "All right, well, let's, you know, let's see what the hell's going on." So, they bring her in for questioning. So, they talk to her, they're like, "What's what the hell's going on? And she's like, all right, we killed her. And here's what happened. So they she runs through the whole story. She just sings like a bird. Um, but this is, again, six months after the original disappearance. They hadn't found Skylar at this point. Oh, so my God. She's, that poor right. family. Okay. I know. So Ugh. the plan was Sheila and Rachel had actually spoken about killing Skylar weeks prior to this. So this was premeditated on all <gasps> I hate high school people. Mm-hmm. No offense, Mackenzie, if you ever hear this, I love you to death. It's my niece, one of my Again, nieces. But not all people, not all girls in high school are like this because this is out of control. They wanted to go through with this before Rachel went to church camp. 
because then, you know, Rachel's away. So they figure the timing is great because, you know, she doesn't get questioned or, you know, whatever. So the two of them were that night that they went to pick up Skylar because, again, they went to pick her up. They had every intention of hanging out. The two of them wore hoodies and it was July. So it already was a little sus, but Skylar didn't notice. She was kind of like, whatever, because they're concealing knives inside of their hoodies. Okay, they picked up Skylar. And they drove them, drove her to Pennsylvania, which is 30 miles away from home. Now, this is something that they did often because there's a wooded area um, that they frequented. They would smoke there and it was just kind of, you know, whatever. So this wasn't out of the ordinary. What was out of the ordinary is when all of them get out of the car, they're kind of walking to their little destination. And then Rachel prompts the conversation with on three. So... Then they attack her. (gasps) Don't like it. Don't like it. Skylar manages to get away, but she was stabbed in the leg. So it was hard for her to continue to like run. So when she does fall over, the two of them are standing above her with their knives, apparently screaming, die, bitch, as they are stabbing her continuously. And in Skylar's last breath, she asked, why? Yeah, why? Ow! What kind of... Did they use, like, sharp knives, at least? Like, were they, like... Yeah. So, okay. But it's still a I mean, terrible... I like, hate it. I don't like it. I don't like it. No. Awful. No, no, no. Don't so, stab your friends, guys. They're your friends. And if you don't want to be friends with them, say, I don't like you. Let's not be friends. Mm-hmm. You don't have to kill people. There are other ways. Yeah, I know. I feel like Dr. So, Phil right now. You don't I, have to do that. Actually, fun story. These two bitches were on Dr. Phil. <gasps> no! Yeah. Oh, my God! Oh, check my God. Out oh the my episode. God. Okay. You got to check out the episode. Okay. Okay. Um, because okay. apparently he so spoke ready. to okay. Skylar's parents, and then he spoke to them. And this is before they found her. So this was during her disappearance when they went on the Dr. Phil show. <gasps> so... So they like all later. like wait wait was this was this before she confessed or after they confessed? This was well this Do you know his, off the he, top of your head you can say I that. think the parents went on Doctor Phil before the confession and I think that he met with mm-hmm. one of them if not both of them after everything like when they were all this was already mm-hmm. said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they were on Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil likes to bring on like these criminals. Um, and then, like, you can't fix them, Dr. Phil. You can't. You just can't. You can't Especially when you're them. not a real doctor because you let your license lapse. But, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we're not going to yeah. talk about Dr. Cash Phil. Cash me outside, bitch. <laughs> Jesus. So okay. January 16th, again, six months after her disappearance, Skylar's body was found in this wooded area. Um, the girls had attempted to bury her, but it was too difficult to do. Duh. <laughs> and they just covered her with a bunch of branches and nobody had found her since. So the motive when they asked her, why did you do this to your friend? She said, we don't like her and we didn't want to be friends with her anymore. What the fuck? Just say no. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, McGruff. Just say no. Yeah, I know. You learned that in dear. I could just say no. So we don't like her. We don't want to be friends with her. So we're I don't just like her. her. I don't like them. I don't like you girls. You're no. mean. No. So, oh my God. 
Sheila was arrested May tw- May 1st, 2013. She was charged with first degree murder and she pled guilty. Mm-hmm. She is sentenced to life with the possibility of parole in 15 years. And her first hearing for parole is May 2028. So we're going to go and be like, hell no, do we don't want this oh, girl yeah. on the streets. Well, right? Like we can show up. Rachel, we're going to caravan to West Virginia. Yes. Okay. <laughs> don't worry. I think dad has a good plan because when he had okay. to be in the courtroom for Rachel's parole, he like did not like hold back. So I think dad's good. <laughs> good. But good job, dad. Rachel pled guilty to second degree murder. So she got 30 years with the possibility of parole in 10 years. Okay. Now, she was denied parole in 2023 Good. this year. Good. Oh, so the dad was there. So, like, every five years, he's going to have to go and, like, but relive set- this horrific thing to make sure that they don't get out of jail. She's set to be released in April 2028. <gasps> yes. No! No, keep her there. Yeah. And you know, they'll give her a new name and a new identity. We'll never know where she fucking went because the, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. No, yeah, I don't that's, like her. That's no. the part about this where I really was like, don't like her. So you're, you're denying her parole, but then like in 2028, you're like, well, well, she can go. Why? You said 30 years. That's not, is it 30? I don't know if that's 30 years. That's not 2012 to 2028 yeah that's not 30 years so that's like 16 years so we're sucks, only halfway there i know that's why i'm like why is she getting released but the other one again her first blue hearing blue is blue. in 2028 and i she is sentenced blue to blue life blue. so there's a possibility she can get parole but she wasn't the one who came forward about this so chances are very likely the judge is going to be like yeah go fuck yourself sit in there where you belong good yeah um good to come out of this if anything is that skylar's parents helped to create what's called skylar's law Um, and this requires states to issue amber alerts for missing children even if they're presumed to be runaways so absolutely that should that should have just been a fucking thing I agreed. Like, even if the kid ran away, people need to keep their eyes out. She's 15. Like, yeah, if she's 15, 16, she's in that age group where you're like, it doesn't matter if she ran away. She's still a minor. Like, it's but I'm sorry, at 18, your brain still isn't fully developed. I know. Like, I don't know how they consider 18 adult. Like, you remember us at 18 running around? No, no. So it's just it sucks. But at the very least, it's that now there's a law set in place, at least in West Virginia, where even if the kid seems if the cops are like, yeah, she clearly ran away. You still have to issue the Amber Alert because you still have to. Yes. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. And it really makes me kind of um, sad if we're thinking anything about this case for this generation, because the fact that two girls who are like they're in their junior year, like starting their junior year of high school are like, I don't like her. I don't want to be friends with her. And you don't think, let me block her. Let me not follow her on social media. Let me kill her instead. Like it just it's very it's scary. There are some screws all over. It's scary. Like, I never, wow. like, there were people, again, in high school, and even, like, as an adult, you're like, I don't like this person. I don't want to hang out with them. But my next thought isn't, let me just kill them. So, yeah, it's just very I'm scary just to me. Them. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. As a kid, I was like, dude, I definitely want to stab you. 
I still but, do that to this day. Where I'm like, yeah, oh, nice. but it's not really like, right now. but I would never do it. Just walk away. Great job. Great Thanks. job, Jen. That was really yeah. like, I'm sorry. That's one of those I've heard it, but I didn't realize you were telling that story until the part about the window. And I was like, wait, this is sounding familiar. And yeah. then the die bitch. I was like, yeah, these fucking girls. What did we learn from today? I have learned just say no. Mm-hmm. Um, don't sneak out of your house at midnight to go hang out in the woods. That's definitely a Virginia thing because we didn't do that. We hung out in a Wendy's parking lot, so I wouldn't have to worry about that. Right. Also, don't like block off yeah, staircases if- with supernatural abilities because that's not going to help you. You stupid idiots. Still can't get past that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that brick wall ain't going to do anything. I really wish that they had put up a, a copy of the quote unquote racy letter that they found in like, you, you know, know what notebook. I'm because I really interested. think yeah I want to know look at the lace around my ankles <laughs> oh I really and... like you a lot I want to kiss your <laughs> hand <laughs> oh my god could you imagine if it was like when we were in school it's like do you like me circle yes Check no yes. or maybe <laughs> check the right box check the right box oh my gosh you know but thanks so much for listening today yeah, to high school you. 101 um make sure you're following us on social media instagram facebook pinterest rate review subscribe tell your friends share our stuff on um, all the socials visit our website you can find our patreon and our merch we have new merch out there's all that good stuff and also, keep sending in your creepy, crazy stories so we can do our listener episodes. Yeah, excited. I'm excited. Um, did I get it all? Did I do good? I, I did good. So. Yay. All right. Well, thank right. you. Well, we'll talk. We'll back. see you next time. All Bye-bye. right. Stay spooky.